Welcome to Coffee House Questions with Ryan Polly. Following podcast is part two from the second week of the questions class at Rock Harbor Fullerton. And this part covers the reliability of miracles and answering the question, are they possible? I hope you enjoy. So what we ended up with at the end of last week was that there is this being that exists outside of our universe that is immaterial, timeless, spaceless, um, but it hasn't landed us 100% on the Christian God quite yet. We understand that so far we have a theistic God. There is one God that is immaterial and outside of our universe, but it could be, uh, it could be the God of Judaism, Islam, or Christianity. And so what we have done is we've narrowed down all the worldviews that don't believe in one single, all-powerful, eternally existing God, um, and all the worldviews that say that there is no God. Um, so what we've gotten to, we've kind of narrowed down our view to, okay, now we're in our theistic religions of uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And so the question we now have to ask is, has this God, has this being revealed himself to us? Has he done anything to kind of let us know who he is and give us a clearer picture so that we know um, what to go from? Yes. Um, how did the uh, Ecclesiastes 5 prove um, it was only one God? That's why you have theistic, monotheistic. Oh, opposed to polytheistic? Um, because we have, uh, let me put this the right way. There can only be one greatest being. For example, if there's another being that exists, you have two eternally existing beings, but they both can't be the greatest. And so before everything else is created, you have to get back to the point where you have the first uncreated being that we talked about last week that is kind of the, the uh, what we use, the owning lender of, of, of um, existence. He's always existed. Um, another argument that we didn't look at is called the ontological argument. It's very complex and it's not used a whole lot, but it says that the Christian definition of God is that, or the theistic definition is that God is the maximally great being. He's the greatest being by which we can conceive. And so if you have two or multiple deities, then each one is maybe great in their area, but is not the overall greatest. And you have to get back to the point where you do have the greatest um, single being. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, so the first thing we'll look at is, okay, has this God revealed himself to us? Um, and are miracles possible? So why miracles? Why, uh, why do miracles happen? Well, I think one of the things that we have to realize with miracles is that miracles confirm a message. It confer- even what we talked about in church this morning, it's, it's to confirm a message that someone is giving about God. And um, it's the signs confirm the sermon and most biblical messages are centered around, or most biblical miracles, are centered around Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Jesus, and the apostles. Now, I, I, I've heard it said that if you take all the miracles of the Bible and you stretch it out over the time period in which the Bible was written, you have about one miracle every seven years. You know, a lot of people read the Bible and they think, there's so many miracles, God was doing so much, why doesn't it happen like that today? Well, we have to realize that the Bible is, you know, when we have the Gospels and all the miracles, that's in a three-year period, you know, of Jesus' ministry and then the starting of the early church. 
And then we have miracles centered around, you know, some of the prophets in the Old Testament. But if you talk about when, you know, the very beginning with Adam and Eve to when the Bible was done being written in that time span, if you stretch all the miracles out, you have about one every seven years. So they weren't necessarily common occurrences in that way. But what we do see is that the miracles always centered around a new prophet or a new message from God. Jesus came started preaching about being the Messiah, about being the Son of God, and in order to confirm his message, he did miracles. You know, you think of him raising the paralytic, and they said, you know, he said, your sins are forgiven. They said, how can we know that? Anyone can say that. And then he said, we'll stand up and walk. So here's a miracle that's going to confirm that what I said was true. And we see that, we even talked about this morning with Elisha and the fire coming down from heaven. I'm going to show that what I'm saying is true about the God that I believe in. And God confirmed it by bringing down fire. And so a lot of the miracles that we see are in order to confirm something that God is doing. Confirm a message that he is giving through a person. The problem that we have today is there are a lot of people that believe that miracles um, are not possible. You know, you guys talk about this, you know, Noah and the ark. You know, you really think that there was a flood that covered the entire earth, all the animals went on the boat, and the boat sailed? Or you really think a guy rose from the dead? Do you have any other example of someone rising from the dead? That's crazy. That doesn't happen. When someone dies, they die. Or you also talk about, you know, Joe and the wood. You really think that there was a guy that got swallowed by a great fish, was in the belly for three days, and then got spit up and lived? And so we have a lot of people that are very skeptical, like, man, I really, man, I don't know about that. Those things, th th those are just impossible. And this is a, one of the things that I find with students, it's very difficult for them to get over. These are not normal, everyday occurrences. I've never seen a miracle happen, therefore, I can't trust it. It, it just doesn't make much sense to me. However, what we see, though, is this. If just one miracle has happened, then all other miracles become possible. They become possible. And if the first verse of the Bible is true, then other, every other verse of the Bible becomes at least believable. And the greatest miracle, what is the greatest miracle that's ever occurred? What do you think? I think the greatest miracle that's ever occurred is creation of everything from nothing. The first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Because think about it. If God can create everything out of nothing, then is it hard for him to allow someone to walk on water? If he created human life, is it difficult for him to raise someone back to life? After he's created everything? And no. And so what we have is the, the, the greatest miracle has already occurred creation of everything from nothing, and we have scientific and philosophical evidence to support it, what we looked at last week. And so we have very good reason to believe that this miracle was a miracle of God. It happened. It's already occurred, and every other miracle at least becomes possible. And so we then begin to evaluate them on a case-by-case -case basis. And so what we see is that God, since he created everything, he can do whatever he wants inside of our universe that's logically possible. Right? So he can't create a square circle. He can't create married bachelors. He can't uh, create a one-ended stick. Um, you know, he can't create a two-horned unicorn. It's no longer a unicorn, right? So you have these logical impossibilities that God can't do. Um, but other than that, if he created the entire universe, then he can do whatever he wants inside the universe that's logically possible. 
And so we have evidence of this. What we also have is Jesus, during his lifetime, speaking about the flood and about Jonah, and he relates it to his own life. And so we have then Jesus in the New Testament speaking and confirming these miracles and these stories that happen in the Old Testament. And so he relates two of the most controversial miracles to his own life. Now, again, we're not saying, sometimes I, I get the question like, okay, if you think that miracles are true, then you think that, you know, and then someone will throw out this crazy story. And I think it's important to, to say, okay, believing miracles are possible doesn't make every single miracle story a true story. We have to evaluate each miracle on a case-by-case basis. Is there good credibility to believe it? Are there reasons to believe it? And, okay, does it make sense not just saying, okay, yes, since miracles are possible, every miracle story of every single religion becomes true. That's not how it works. And so if we have God, uh, then we have miracles. Here's what C.S. Lewis said. But if we admit God, must we admit miracles? Indeed, you have no security against it. That is the bargain. And so I think it all comes down to this. If God exists, miracles are possible. We looked um, at the beginning uh, that God does exist last week. And so I think this is the biggest thing is if there is an all-powerful God that created the entire universe, then he can do what he wants inside that's logically possible. And miracles become possible. Um, and, it's, and one last thing is, is that a lot of people say, well, but there... They're not frequent. I've never seen one. And I want you to think about this. If miracles happened all the time, would they be special? Frank Turek, who, who wrote this book, he, he says, I love what he says. He says, if resurrections happened all the time, then if you walked up to someone and you said, Guy, guess what? Jesus rose from the dead for your sins. And then the person would say, well, so did Uncle George last week, and now I have to give the inheritance back. Right? It is, if these things happen all the time, then they would just be normal occurrences and we wouldn't need, it wouldn't be like an eye-opening wow. Right? When God does a miracle, it's like, wait, what just happened? Like, that is not supposed to happen normally. It gets our attention. And that's what they're supposed to be for. If they happen just every day, every time you broke an arm, it just fused itself back together. Every time you got sick, you immediately got better. Every time, you know then it would just be like, well, that's just how our universe functions. And so the fact that they're rare and that they don't happen, the fact that people don't raise from the dead every day, that's what makes the resurrection of Jesus so special. Um, Very quickly, I don't want to go into this a whole lot, uh, but David Hume is probably one of the most famous people for arguing against the reliability of miracles. And how he says it is pretty much this, is that natural law is a description of normal occurrences. A miracle, by definition, is a rare occurrence, which we would agree with. The evidence for the regular is always greater than the evidence for the rare. And so a wise man should always base his belief on the greater evidence. Therefore, a wise man should never believe in miracles. And so his idea and how he tried to disprove miracles is saying, look, the evidence for the, the regular occurring thing is always better than the evidence for a rare event. A wise man always bases evidence or bases belief on what is regular, what the evidence is, so therefore you should never believe in miracles. The problem is his statement that the evidence for the regular is always better than the rare, and that's just not true. For example, the beginning of our universe is not based on regular events. That was a one-time event. 
very rare that our universe started to exist. However, we have a lot of evidence for it. We also have the origin of life on Earth. It happened one time where life began to exist, but we have a lot of evidence that there's life here. Um, Macroevolution, if it's even happened at all, it, it only happened once. So even if the person you're talking to doesn't believe in creation and believes in evolution, well, this idea of macroevolution, it happened once, and that's a rare event. But we have, there's evidence for it if the, you're arguing with a person that believes that there's a lot of evidence. And so the entire history of Earth cannot be repeated. History only happened once. Every event in history was a very special event. And so where he kind of goes wrong is this idea that uh, the rare occurring event doesn't have good evidence. And that's just not true. Sometimes we have better evidence for a rare event. Um, and I think this kind of lays it down uh, really well. Um, here, uh, a philosophical bias against miracles says, it is not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept a material explanation of the phenomenal world but on the contrary, that we are forced by our priori, uh, priori adherence to material causes, for we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. And kind of what we mentioned last week from Pascal is that a lot of people arrive at their conclusions based on what is attractive, not necessarily what is true. And there's a lot of people that just don't want Christianity to be true. They don't want to let that divine foot in the door, and so they do everything to explain away miracles and events. Um, it just so it doesn't work out in that way. Any questions on miracles? I think the biggest thing just to kind of grasp is that if an all-powerful God created our entire universe, then miracles are possible. There's no reason to say that he, he can create our universe, but he can't raise someone from the dead. Really? Of course he can. If he can do the greatest thing, uh, then he can do littler things. If he can create my body, he can heal a bone. It doesn't make sense to say that he could do the greatest, but not the, le the lesser. Well, you've been listening to Coffee House Questions with Ryan Polly. I just want to appreciate it. That was the second part of the questions class at Rock Harbor Fortune on Miracles. Part three is on the reliability of the New Testament. Again, you can go to coffeehousequestions.com, look for the RHF Questions class week two, get all of the audio recordings, as well as further resources. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and God bless. Has drawn me to my knees.